Hi, y'all, and welcome to BS with Bethany Simcoe. This is your host, Bethany Simcoe. The last time I chit-chatted with you guys, I'm pretty sure I was on my way home from Dallas for the first time. Yeah, I think it was for the first time. So since then, yeah, I went to Dallas the first time for Beyonce, and then I left almost immediately for Utah. I was there for a few days. And then I left almost immediately from there to Dallas again to go hang out with my family a little bit more. My parents were in Dallas. My brother had his white coat ceremony. And then since I've been home, I was in California this last weekend. And then next weekend, I'm going to be in Round Top. So it's been insane and it's going to continue to be insane. But I actually just canceled my New York trip. So I was supposed to be going to New York the 22nd through the 27th. But I've just had some friends tell me that maybe traveling there isn't the best idea right now. And also with my schedule and with my mental health and with my move coming up, I think that is probably the best decision for now. So those are the two things we're going to kind of talk about. This episode's going to be a little vulnerable, but I am moving to Hawaii in less than a month. So I'm recording this on October 17th and my lease here ends November 16th. So I'm thinking that I'll probably fly out and be in Hawaii by November 4th. 15th which is absolutely wild like that's it's freaking me out a little bit do I have an apartment there yet no have I booked a ticket there yet no have I packed any of my stuff no but you know what that's how I roll that's exactly how it was with my first move too literally within a month I got everything together so one of my next episodes will be more about like my system with that but I kind of gotta get things in gear a little bit so I work really well under pressure and I don't work until there's pressure So I work really well when it's like, okay, game time. You've got like 30 days, go. And then everything works out and it's great. I'll start working on that this week. But like I said, I'll I'll be away again this weekend. So once I'm back, it'll be like Hawaii mode. And I'm doing a whole series about it. It's gonna be really fun. And anybody who's ever wanted to like move states, I'll be chit-chatting about that as well. But what I wanted to talk about is how my mental health has been for the past few months. I've spoken about that a lot on here. You are familiar by now if you've been listening to this podcast with my third week of my period, how I feel very depressed, how I don't feel myself, how I feel very anxious. And, you know, I've been feeling this way since probably May of this year. And I've started to notice that that feeling doesn't really go away. Like it'll definitely come back really strong in that third week. Most days it doesn't really go away. It's been a while since I talked about what I experienced in 2020. But going back before that, I have had clinical depression for years. I think my first time experiencing that was in eighth grade. I shared a lot about my mental health journey when I shared about going to the behavioral hospital, but I'm very familiar with depression. I am no stranger to depression. In 2019, even before everything in 2020 happened, I was at a very, very low point. It wasn't something that was as known by my family or known by people around me. That was just something that I was like, you know what? This is how I felt for a really long time. And I think I'm going to continue feeling this way for a very long time. So in like November, December of 2019 is when I very first went on Prozac. It's a medication for depression. Oh, and honestly, I saw a huge improvement, but I think it worked for a few months and slowly kind of stopped working until around like February and March of 2020 was when a lot of things went down and that was when I had my attempt and that was when I ended up in the behavioral hospital. While I was there, I believe they upped my dose and they gave me Abilify, which is something to kind of help out. As far as I'm aware, it's something to kind of boost the Prozac. It's kind of to boost the medications that I'm already on. So I think those worked for a little bit, but 
you know, again, they just kind of stopped working. And I hated the idea of being on medication. And I know there's absolutely nothing wrong with being on medication. But I think that people around me had kind of gone in my head. And I was like, I don't really want to be dependent on medication for the rest of my life. And I was frustrated with the fact that it hadn't continued to work at the strength that it was. And I was like, I don't want to just keep upping this dosage for the rest of my life. And honestly, I feel fine now. So I stopped taking it probably, I don't know how long ago I stopped taking it, but I know I was off of it when I came to Texas a year and a half ago. And I haven't been on any medication since then. And I have been amazing. Like it's been fantastic. And I'm not really sure when I started feeling this emotion again and when I feel like it started building. And I think a lot of it has been from living alone. And I think maybe a lot of it has come from even like the long distance has been hard when I was doing long distance and the isolation of maybe not having people down here that I could really talk to. And I think I was just feeling a lot of pressure career-wise. I was feeling a lot of isolation, a lot of loneliness. My eating disorder was ramping back up again. This is probably like around the beginning of this year, like March, April, May, even before that. Because I remember going to Hawaii last December and I was really stressed out. I was very anxious and I was really wanting to cancel that trip because I didn't like the way that I looked. I didn't want to be in bikinis. I didn't want any pictures of me. And I just kind of told myself to like get over it. And in my mind, like it's impossible that I'm depressed again because that's a high school Bethany thing. That is something I got over. That is something I don't identify with anymore. That's not me anymore. Okay. I got over that. And there's hundred percent a stigma in my mind that the depressed Bethany, we healed her, we got over it, I learned to heal myself, I journal, I meditate, I go to therapy, there's no way that I can be depressed again, I have nothing to be depressed about. I'm sure you guys know this internal monologue so well, like, it takes me so long to admit these things, like, girl, no, you're fine, there's nothing wrong, like, you're gonna be okay, you're just, like, a little bit tired, and I've been saying that for months, I'm just kind of tired right now, I'm just kind of tired right now, And, you know, I had a conversation with my therapist the other day and I was like, man, I feel like I can't go a day without crying. It's really hard for me to get up and get work done. I hired an assistant so that, you know, work would actually get done because I just have these days where all I can do is just lay there. And I've really been blaming a lot of this feeling on like the breakup. It's been just over two months since Utah Boy and I last spoke. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just like in the depression stage of this breakup. But then I realized I've been feeling like this for quite some time. And she said, Bethany, I think you're depressed. And I go, what are you talking about, ma'am? Because I had tried some medication earlier this year. I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was Zoloft. I think I told you guys about this when I like, it was around the time when I got my new car. But I was on Zoloft for about a week and it was horrible. I was so shaky. I felt like a zombie. And I was like, you know what? Like, maybe I don't need this because I'm like not actually depressed. Like, I don't need it that badly. Nothing's really that wrong. I'm just in a funk. I'll really break out of it. All of this to say, throughout these past few months, I've really had to figure out how to feel like a human when I'm in a funk. Like when I'm in these places and when I'm in a lull or I've had like the worst brain fog, it's really hard to be productive. It's hard to feel like a human. It's hard to get things done and not feel guilty for being tired or not being able to get up or not being able to get everything done that I need to get done. I think that it is a little bit of a relief to talk about this. And I hope for you, if you're listening to this and can relate in any way, that it's a bit of a relief for you too, to realize that you are valid in the way that you are feeling and that you are seen and that I understand you and I hear you when you say that you are exhausted or that this feeling is hard to shake. 
or that you are frustrated that you can't get things done or you don't have a valid, you know, quote unquote, valid reason to feel this way all the time or to be so sad or to be so quick to tears. Or, you know, even on this brand trip, I was really frustrated with myself because I was exhausted the whole time. It was really hard for me to be engaged in conversations because I was always in some sort of brain fog. It was really hard for me to get up and get going because my brain felt so sluggish. It was just this little cloud over it, this little layer of sadness at all times, you know, even just a layer of exhaustion at all times. It's very frustrating. And if you've ever felt this, you know that frustration. I'm like, I have everything that I want. I have an amazing career, have amazing friends. There is nothing for me to be so sad about. But as I've experienced these things, here are some things that I have learned that help me get the basics done and that help me move forward even when I'm feeling like this. So there are five things that I've learned about functioning in a funk. Number one, empowered movement. I came up with this phrase when I was doing yoga. You know, like whenever I do a yoga flow, first of all, yoga for me is something that is so, I just feel dang good about myself. I'm like, yeah, she's a yoga bitch. Like she's so cool. Even if I'm not, you know, meditating correctly, I don't even know how to do that or what that means. But I just, I feel, it's like a little feather in my cap. I'm like, yeah, I do yoga. I meditate. And I think that no matter what you do is like, as long as you're trying, as long as you're there, as long as you're participating in some sort of movement, you're getting the benefits from it anyways. I get a lot of thinking done while I do yoga as well. So a lot of times I will set my intentions because at the beginning they ask you to like set an intention for your practice. And a lot of times I will set the intention to flow with empowered movement. That means I'm engaged with the actions that we're doing. So I'm trying not to move out of habit, especially when you're moving through things that you have done a million times. Like when you're moving through into downward dog, like you do that a million times through practice. And so a lot of times like I'll just go into it without even thinking about it. And I'll only realize that I'm there once I'm there. Noticing like every muscle movement as I go into it and every position as I go into it, where I push and where I pull. And I think that just like helps me remember that I am in the moment and be grateful and remember that my muscles are doing really cool things as I go through. And it helps me just like be where I am when I'm there. And so it's not a thing of like, you need to do this and you need to remember where you are and like, get out of your head. No, for me, it's like an opportunity. Like I feel lucky that I get to do that. I don't know if it makes any sense, but any of these tips, none of them are encompassed with a should or with you need to do this or you should be doing that. Or, you know, if you were functional, you would do this. For me, these are just beneficial, feel-good things or even just very practical things. But a lot of times that I'm like mentally or physically tired, I'll just like immediately turn off the energy flowing through my actions because it just sounds intimidating. So when I'm in the moment during practice, I like to remind myself that I am capable of at least trying anything. And that the energy flows through my muscles for me to use. So the word empowered movement for me makes me just like shift my focus to what can I do here now instead of dreading what else is to come. You know, when I am trying a balancing movement, it's not, oh my gosh, like how much more do I have after this? How much energy do I have to save? Like I, I'm not going to be able to make the rest of practice. It's just, you know, I'm actually just going to try this right now and see what I can do. And then when I'm five minutes from now, I'm going to have that same mindset. I'm just going to do what I can do. And then five minutes from then, I'm just going to do what I can do instead of trying to worry about all of the things right there in that moment. It does free my brain a little bit. And using this outside of yoga is so helpful. In the moment, I can remember that I am capable of so many things and I can at least try 
Like I can be actively engaged in whatever I'm doing. If I'm with people, I can at least try to be actively engaged instead of being like, oh, I'm not going to be engaged. Like it's going to suck. I'm going to be so anxious. I'm just going to give it my best shot to be actively engaged. I'm going to give it my best shot to pay attention to what they're saying. I'm just going to try. And if I suck at it and if I zone out or if I need to go to bed, that's fine. But I'm just going to give it my best shot and just see what I can do. And, you know, even if in the moment I am zoning out, it's like, you know what? I tried and I didn't just call it quits before I even started. I also like to celebrate every movement and every action without freaking myself out, you know, of saying I need to do more or anything of that nature. And I don't know whether to call this number two or like 1.5, but it's the phrase of I'm consciously making this decision. So if you're laying in bed, I like to think of it as like downshifting a gear and literally like tell yourself, I am consciously making the decision to get up and shower. Especially if I'm on TikTok, I'm scrolling and I'll be like, okay, this is my last video and that video ends and I scroll. Okay, this is my last video, that video ends. And then at some point, halfway through a video, I will go, I am laying in bed and watching TikTok. And it just like makes you conscious of what you're doing. Okay, I am laying in bed and watching TikTok. What time is it? Oh, it's 1.30 in the morning. Okay, interesting. Now what? And then you're like kind of like conscious in the moment. And I go, I am consciously making the decision. Sometimes I even have to say this out loud. I'm consciously making the decision to swipe up out of the app and turn off my phone. Like I am consciously making that decision. Because if I tell myself, yeah, it's my last video. Like, I don't believe myself. I know the girl who runs that ship. She's freaking loose. She doesn't care. Okay, she's going to scroll. But if I'm like conscious and in the moment and almost like bird's eye view, look down on myself, something clicks. It's like something shifts and you're like, oh my gosh. Or if you're just like laying in bed, trying to get up, trying to get up and you need to go shower. It's like that downshift. Be like, okay, I'm laying in bed. Look at me. Oh my gosh, I'm sitting up. Okay, like I sat up. Like I'm consciously on purpose. I'm making this decision on purpose. I'm doing this movement on purpose and I'm conscious of it. Or if I'm working and I just am kind of going through the motions, going through the flow, and I don't know what to answer to an email, so I just exit out of it and go to the next one. I don't know what to answer to that one, so I exit out of it. Then I will downshift and say, you know what? No, I'm consciously here. I am here in this moment. I'm going to answer this email on purpose. And I don't have to go to the next one. I'm just going to answer this one consciously and on purpose. And it really helps me engage and focus and sharpen my vision on what is in front of me and actually understand at least one thing that I'm doing right then. Then when you're walking to the fridge, you're getting the food or opening your laptop, like you're making those decisions on purpose with your conscious mind. And it just like, it sounds harder than it is, but genuinely in the moment, tell yourself, I'm going to pause this podcast right now. Boom, you paused it. Okay. And then you're going to press play. And just like practicing those little movements and just being like, I'm doing this on purpose now. I can only be in this state of like consciously making decisions for a little bit at a time. But when it happens and when I'm engaged in that, it gets easier and it builds that muscle up. And it doesn't quite feel so exhausting every time. Because sometimes I feel like it almost is more tiring to go through things on autopilot. Because all that I'm thinking in the back of my head is like, man, I am so tired. Man, this is taking forever. But you know, when I'm doing things on purpose and consciously, Sometimes that time flows a little bit faster and things seem to flow a little bit better and sharper. But number two is if someone were in charge of your life, what decisions would they make? This goes a little bit with the 1.5 that we just did, but how would they solve your problems? Imagine you're a little sim and you gotta get shit done, okay? How would they schedule your time? Would they tell you to rest? Would they look at your life and be like, wow, Let's look at the factors here. This person is traveling a lot. 
They have a lot of streams of content that they are trying to keep up with. They live alone. They are going through a breakup. They're trying to figure out how to be a big girl adult at 21, which, you know, 15-year-old me would say, oh my God, 21 is so old. But now I'm like, oh my God, 21, I'm a baby. I'm literally a fetus. And this person has had a history of mental health issues and might be depressed right now, might be a little anxious. I think that maybe they should go lay down. And sometimes I'll do that and be like, you know what? Maybe I should stop working and go lay down. Or you can look at those things and be like, this person is all of those things and has been laying down all day long. I think it would be beneficial if they got up and went on a walk. You know, if someone's like looking into your life and making PR decisions for you, they're making your sim move around. They're being like, you know what? Like imagine you're the manager of your own life and be like, I think that you should maybe open your laptop and get to your top five emails or maybe you should do like one or two things and then go eat a meal and then you can sit back down. But you need to get a meal first. Also, that's another little phrase. We'll call this like 2.5. A little snack goes a long way. A lot of times when I am grumpy or I'm upset or I'm so tired, I'm getting down on myself, a granola bar, an apple, I don't care what it is, a banana, like something nutritional, if you can. I know sometimes that that used to stress me out a lot is trying to find something nutritional. Learning about nutrition and learning about things for me was very, very daunting at first because I felt a lot of guilt around what I was eating and I knew I wasn't eating very fresh or very whole foods. I was eating a lot of processed food and I felt very guilty about that. But at least I was eating because I was barely eating at that point. So at least I was eating. So if all you have is something processed, I don't want to make you feel bad about that at all because as long as you are eating, I think it would be ideal to have things that have more readily available nutrients for you. Like if you're to eat an apple versus like a granola bar, and obviously like I'm not a nutritionist. These are just the things that I've learned in like my nutrition journey. But the nutrients are more bioavailable in an apple because it comes from the earth. It's meant to be digested. It's going to make you feel a lot better and give you a lot more nutrients, a lot more energy quicker than maybe a processed bar would. And I am the worst to say about this because I eat so many protein bars. Don't even. I know. I know how it goes. But it's just they're a little bit more processed. They're harder to break down. They're not going to give you quite as much energy, quite as much nutrients. But whatever it is, a little snack goes a long way, even if it's a bowl of Captain Crunch. It's food. And if your blood sugar is low or you are hangry or you're grumpy or you're just like hungry and can't think, get yourself some Captain Crunch. Get yourself an apple, whatever it is, a little snack. It does wonders. Anyways, this person that is overhead managing your life, just kind of taking a look at it, would they tell you, you know, if you are in bed and you've got a certain amount of energy left, Would they tell you, you know what, your room might be a mess, things might be going wrong, but there is raw chicken on the counter. At least go put that in the freezer. It helps prioritize things a little bit more. It helps realize, you know what, these things, the clothes on the floor can stay on the floor. That's okay. Just go put the the food in the fridge so it doesn't rot. Or go at least take the trash out so it doesn't smell bad. Or at least brush your teeth so you can fall asleep. Something like that, or at least take your contacts out. So if you do fall asleep, you'll be okay. That kind of helps you prioritize a little bit just because it's not you anymore. You're just a little sim that you're keeping alive. Or would they take a look at your work schedule and realize that your talents are growing in an area they could focus more on? It's so helpful in so many places because it helps you look at it a little bit more objectively. A fresh perspective can be so helpful. Now, number three is monotasking. When my brain gets frazzled and my ADHD is on 10, there are a million things that I have to do right now. 
and I'll try to do all of them at the same time, okay? My counter needs to be cleared off. I need to answer emails. I need to go on a walk. I need to make this video. I need to brush my hair. I need to do my skincare. I need to take the salmon out of the oven. And then I find myself doing like half of each of these little tasks. It's like, I've got like moisturizer in one hand. I've got the other hand in the oven. Thinking of a response to an email. And in the middle of the email, I have a podcast idea. So I'm writing that down and nothing gets done. Everything gets like half done and none of it is good, right? Like it's just, it's not a good situation. So monotasking for me is not even thinking of the next task until this one is done. This helps me with overwhelm in the morning when I know I have to get up and then I have to do this work and then I have to do this task and then I have to do this task and then I have to go to this place and then I have to go do this thing, right? There's so many things that have to be done and that I need to get to. But right now I am standing up out of bed and I am making my bed and nothing else exists. I am making my bed. Boom, bed made. Now what? I am putting my contacts in and nothing else exists. One of my contacts in, I am not trying to brush my teeth. I am not trying to prep breakfast. I am not trying to do anything else. I'm brushing my, or I'm taking my contacts out. And then each and every step of that routine is solely for that routine. Because right then in that moment, especially when I'm feeling like this, I don't have a lot of brain space. I have room for one task at a time and one task only because everything else just gets so fuzzy. If two tasks try to fit in there, try to fit in there, they just mesh together. Everything's fuzzy and nothing gets done. You know what I mean. Again, it also helps so much with overwhelm. If I'm doing an email and I'm like, man, I should probably be doing this thing too. Oh, don't forget to do this thing. Oh, don't forget. Write that down, write it down and go right back to what you're doing. Don't even write back to what you're doing. You are answering this. You are curating this. You are doing whatever you need to do. I just got done answering a lot of emails. So that is like my current go-to example right now. But you know what I mean? We all have those little things that we just need to focus on. If I am making breakfast, I am making breakfast. I'm not also trying to do at the same time. Sometimes I can handle multitasking, but when I'm really in this state, nothing makes my brain feel worse. Nothing makes my brain feel like mush even more than trying to do everything at once. And then most of the time things get neglected in each task, which makes me harder on myself. And then the cycle continues. Number four, have three non-negotiables for the day, especially when you only have so much energy. It's necessary to have a start and end of the day and a reason to feel proud of yourself emphasis on the last part i want you to have a reason to feel proud of yourself when you're going through this you are so hard on yourself when you're in a brain fog you're like man i can't get anything done nothing seems to be flowing nothing seems to be making sense i feel like i'm neglecting things on so many ends i feel like i'm dropping the ball everywhere so having a reason to be proud of yourself is so huge so for me at the beginning of the day or even at the end of the day, the day before, as I'm laying in bed, I will think of three non-negotiables, three big tasks that need to get done the next day. And everything else, you know, is extra. If it happens, it happens. But these three things need to get done. You know, if I have to go grocery shopping the next day, that's one of them. If there's a big project I'm working on completing that or at least, you know, working on it for an hour or two, that's the next one. I don't often include things like meetings or other things on there because those are in my schedule. They're going to happen anyways. But if there's a specific piece of content that I really want to get out, that'll be the next one. So, you know, just like three big things that if I get these three things done, I can call a successful day. And once those three things are done, I can call it quits and I can go lay down and I don't have to feel bad for it. So that is probably my favorite, favorite tip is just giving yourself a clear start and end and a clear reason to be proud of yourself and a clear picture for the day and a reason to call it a success. 
Now that one's really short and sweet, but if I can suggest you implement anything, whether you are in a mentally amazing place, you're like not in a mentally amazing place, wherever you are, if you're super busy, if you're in a place where you're not super busy, if you're working three jobs, if you are on a gap year right now, whatever it is, that is the quickest thing that I've noticed that moves me forward through my life, moves me towards my goals and helps with my self-confidence because I'm proud of myself at least once every single day. The last one, number five, is the 10-minute timer. I love me a 10-minute timer. I have that thing on repeat all the time because sometimes all I have is 10 minutes to focus on something. So especially when it comes to cleaning, things will kind of get crazy, things will get a mess, and I set a timer and I just get to clean for 10 minutes. I don't have to focus on anything else. I don't have to do it for more than 10 minutes. I've just got 10 minutes to wander around my apartment and put things away or even focus on one corner and really deep clean that. But I've got 10 minutes to clean. And then after that timer is up, I don't have to clean anymore. Or if I'm working on editing something, I either don't want to edit, I've been having a hard time focusing on editing, or I just haven't had time to sit down with it. The 10 minute timer, I will just put on that timer and I will just work on it for that intended amount of time. And then once the timer goes off, Sometimes I'll reset it, do another 10 minutes, but I don't have to. I can be done. I promised myself that I would focus for 10 minutes and then I can be done. That has been the most helpful thing. Even if you're studying, you can just set that timer for 10 minutes. And I just want you to read for that 10 minutes. Or I want you to write. Or I want you to study. Or just do what you can for 10 minutes and try to get into as deep of a focus as you can. And if you need to reset that timer, amazing. And that has saved my butt so many times because I'm like, oh my God. I can't even think straight. I don't know when the end is going to be. Like, I'm dreading this and I don't want to do this. And I just tell myself, it's okay. Just 10 minutes and you can be done. And then you can go into what I call carcass mode, which is probably my favorite phrase I've ever found from TikTok. Carcass mode is when you are laying down, you are on your phone, you're scrolling, you're asleep, whatever you need to be. But absolutely no one gets to talk to you. No one gets to bother you. And you don't have to move for anything. Carcass time, especially on vacations. Oh my goodness. If I do not have carcass time, I'll become a bitch. I will not be happy and I will not be enjoyable to be around. It just is a really great time for your brain to shut off or for you to like curl up in a ball and just hang out, dude. Just hang out. Anyways, being in a brain fog is such a frustrating feeling, especially if you are a high achiever, you are someone with big goals for their life, or you are someone who is taking on a lot of things right now. I know for myself, I can be very hard on myself. And I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast or if you listen to podcasts like this, that you're someone who wants the best for yourself. You want to improve. You want to be the best version of yourself. And being in a brain fog where you feel like you don't have a lot of control over your energy levels or you feel like you can't quite make sense of things, things aren't quite sharp enough and things don't always sound clear enough. It's just this really weird feeling of things are not clear or being in a funk where you're just, I don't feel like myself right now. These five tips for being a little bit productive in your day in a very kind way, in a very conscious way can really help that feeling of, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to get through this. I feel like I can't do it quite right. I feel like implementing these for me has been so beneficial and I've been able to see so, I've been able to just feel like a human for a little bit while I've been in this. And I think it's very important for me and people who feel like this right now to continue to find support. I love my therapist to death and I have been looking into taking alternative things. Well, you know, don't let me, don't let me like alternative medicine you, but I have been looking into this quite a bit because, you know, of my previous experience with medication, but I've been looking into things like ashwagandha. I've already been taking magnesium. It's been like a few months and holy crap, my sleep has 
improved incredibly. I am no longer waking up at 3 a.m. I'm not having night terrors. I'm falling asleep so easily. So I know things like that genuinely can work. And, you know, I'm definitely not against like going on medication again, but just that experience with Zoloft and how icky that made me feel. I'm like, okay, I think we can find other things, but I'm sure you are in the same boat where you start to become a little bit frustrated with sometimes when people are like, you know what, just movement and exercise and eating healthy. And I think a lot of us in this space, and maybe I'm projecting because this is totally me. Okay, it's how I'm feeling. I get a little frustrated when people just say, oh, just exercise and eat healthy and your mental health will improve. And I want to look them in the eyes and go, really? That's so crazy how that is like 99% of what my life revolves around. Not really, but I do exercise frequently and I eat as healthy as I possibly can. And I'm very dedicated to my health. So it's very frustrating when I feel out of control about something like this. So I'm glad that I found tips to cope. And if I find anything in the future that I find helpful, I will absolutely share. So I hope wherever you are in your journey right now that you were able to take some of these tips and implement them and remind yourself that I absolutely love you and I'm here for you and you are going to be okay. And you have every reason to be proud of yourself for even waking up this morning, listening to a podcast, doing whatever you're doing. I'm sending so much good energy your way and I absolutely adore you. Thank you for hopping on listening and I am so excited to share some more things about Hawaii and some more things about my journey with you very soon. But this has been BS with Bethany Simcoe. I will see you when I see you.